hey, I'm Jasmine Estrada. I am an audio producer over at Marvel, and you're listening to Across the Bifrost. Whoever holds this hammer, if it be worthy, shall possess the power of thought. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where on every episode we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. I am your host, Ryan Doze, and today it's a kind of a different assembly of a Warriors 3. It's it's the Warriors She. A very powerful assemblage. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody, uh, to cover the second episode of season two of Loki, Will is gone. Faz is gone meeting famous people at New York Comic Con. (laughs) uh, We're going to do something that Kim, my wife, has mentioned many times she's wanted to do. And we're finally doing it. So actually, I just referenced Kim. She's sitting right next to to me my wife kim is here back on the show to talk about loki babe when was the last time you were on across the bifrost oh god i think we recorded in our closet the last time we did across the bifrost together was it miss marvel no 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 because no. i we watched thor together right we did we did do miss marvel too yeah but it's been it's been a while it's, it's been, been it's been minute. a hot it's been a hot man um and kim is all kim's not only here to talk about the second uh episode of second of the second season of loki we're going to talk a little bit about our news from last week we're going to talk a little bit about many paths at the end and kim is my co-collaborator in that endeavor so she's going to give kind of her spin on what that is and what we can a little bit of what we can expect from it but our friend that is joining us to complete the warriors she is Haley Hobbs (laughs) so Kim what what have you wanted to do for the longest time so I've wanted to do anything podcast related with Haley because Haley and I bonded I know I love you bonded so um, when she bought me pizza, that really helped. So <laughs> <laughs> I had similar pizza today, by the way, and it was like almost a year ago that we had that Met moment. Person? Oh my god! Oh, it has been almost a year. That's insane. Um, it does yeah, feel but... like it's been longer. I feel like in a good way. Yeah, just like we've known you forever. Oh. Um, but yeah, so no, I've just been wanting to. Why am I? weird looking at you um i just have been wanting to be able to talk to Haley in a podcast setting so and here we are here we are she is a legend so (laughs) i'm a little intimidated it's hallowed zoom ground (laughs) (laughs) brian here's the real question have you ever had more than one woman on your podcast at a time to talk about such things or are we breaking ground and busting ceilings we yeah we, yes, are, we, we are. are breaking through a glass ceiling thank you for that <laughs> you're welcome we are we are breaking uh new ground we are crashing through the the ceiling we are grabbing the brass ring what are other cliches we can come up with it's gonna be a, it's gonna one. be a good episode or, yay. and this is a very chicken button taking names and yes. i mean i we i wasn't even i didn't even have this in the plan but this is a very like sylvie heavy episode it is we and she's, uh, we actually get to see her do some stuff. I really like her new hair. I just like to say yeah. that. 
I like yep. the onk earring that she has. Yes. You said that out loud oh. while we were watching. It was maybe the only thing I said, like, <laughs> ooh, that's cool. <laughs> you were Everything. completely silent otherwise. No. There were several times Never. that I looked at Kim and I, and I said, oh my gosh, I'm loving this episode. Because hey, so Haley, so we maybe give listeners a little bit of a behind the scenes of <laughs> The apology I gave to you on the episode, which was not needed. By what, the way. No. what did you do, Haley? If I forget, if I forget something here, please correct me. But <laughs> I was kind of lukewarm on the first episode of season two, and I was like, I don't understand. Like, I, I sounded like such an internet fanboy, bro. I was like, I just don't understand why Loki doesn't feel like Loki anymore. Like, he's not like the Loki <laughs> of my childhood. <laughs> And Haley, Haley, your bro voice. Haley and Faz were just like, you're wrong. Like, you well, we the- were like, you're correct. He's not that Loki. <laughs> and, and that's, that's okay. Right. Oh, wait, character growth. Which yeah. is why uh, when I was talking to Will about it on the last episode, I gave a public apology that literally <laughs> dozens of people heard. And they're like, oh man, these this Haley and Faz, they, they sound like, really smart peeps so or we have like people who don't allow you to have your own opinion <laughs> no 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 that the internet doesn't have that Haley. we got rid oh, of that okay <laughs> when james gunn took over at dc all the fanboys were happy so <laughs> it cured everything no comment <laughs> we already commented on that, that is what we call in the podcast game a lose-lose situation <laughs> no but so, i think too like the point um, that I make, which is about the actors, um, that Tom Hiddleston probably wanted a new direction, just like we know Chris Hemsworth did with Thor, um, and showing that he's an executive producer on this season of the show, I think, just shows how much he's invested in this new version of the character, and I'm sure the versions that he'll be playing further down the road. Right, right. Well, I uh, feel like if he was doing the same stuff where used to him doing then he hasn't grown as a character mm-hmm. and that's the whole point is that we're seeing you know he even makes a comment in this in one of the episodes we watched him at the same time so it runs together but um about how you know the first avengers movie he was upset and frustrated that's why he tried to attack yeah. <laughs> he was real yeah. with his dad and brother Yes, like I'm super pissed at these people, so I'm gonna try to take over Earth. But now that now Loki's not like that, he's grown and he sees that you know that's really irrational and not cool. cool, dude. I've come to the light. I've seen the error of my ways, and uh, I did like that the the entirety of the first Avengers movie was summed, summed up. up in like one be like yeah it was like a tantrum i had like a yeah. tantrum like it, it like wasn't tactical <laughs> so uh speaking of speaking of loki doing loki stuff i'm gonna just give you guys a little bit of a plot summary hopefully you've listened and watched the episode you've listened to our first review you've watched both the episodes hopefully you're caught up on that dear listener we are gonna just drop into a little bit of a plot summary and then Haley and Kim will be let loose on the world. <laughs> Free reign. Yeah. She so. reign. She... Yeah. Is it your is it your goal Happening. to fit the word she into every this is, this is a monumental moment? Oh, I told <laughs> it's very important. For friends, 
you know, me and Haley as friends, it's a big moment, but also you're outnumbered. I So it feels good. It feels real good. I feel like I'm witness to history. You are. You know, Haley and I have talked about starting, well, in mention very briefly in passing about doing a book related podcast it was like a one-time thing but we have talked about it it was in the throes of iron flame fourth wing stuff yeah oh what is the the first one fourth wing why did i just i'm really focused on iron flame (laughs) there's a new edition of fourth wing coming out the holiday edition where they're just re-releasing it's just the first one but it's gorgeous has sprayed edges again um kind of a new design aspect anyway this is very important okay and she said she sent it to me and i said yep i already pre-ordered it and (laughs) iron flame i do have iron flame on the pre-order yeah i will say everybody if you tuned in looking for serious very very narrow you know directed loki content probably not the episode for you well you know what here's this is what happens i do have my notes though Haley has no she's prepared (laughs) um also if you haven't read fourth wing even I read fourth wing and it's a freaking delight literally best husband move ever yeah yep many payoffs from reading fourth wing so here we go let's drop into the plot summary (laughs) I struggled with the word summary there (laughs) plot summary of Loki season two episode two breaking Brad so at the end of last episode, we saw a bunch of different TVA personnel going through a time door, and they're off to presumably look for Sylvie. And at the beginning of this episode, we drop into London in 1977 on the Sacred Timeline, where Loki, Mobius, and Hunter B-15 are looking for X-5, the very, uh, let me say it's very spirited Hunter that was trying to keep General Dox's uh agenda alive at the end of the first episode he is moonlighting as an actor in the 70s brad wolf and he is starring in the slasher horror movie zaniac quick little bit of an aside uh the thor villain zaniac is featured in four issues of thor completely forgotten like if you remember not even c list of comic book characters like like x list <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking like you know bottom 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 rung but a lot of the things in this episode do relate to brad wolf who is the kind of human alter ego of zaniac zaniac is this demonic force that like takes on brad wolf and he has a few battles with thor but then later on in the walt simonson run of thor zaniac comes back and he chops it up with thor again but Thor is also teaming up with the Time Variance Authority when they fight. So there's a few different things in here. Easter that, eggs. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I loved, I loved the uh, the Zaniac poster, the marquee poster. So good, so good. But at this movie premiere, Mobius, Loki, and B-15, they track down Zaniac and they bring him back to the TVA to basically be like, hey, what's Doc's got planned? And what are, how how can we stop it they do an incredible interrogation scene that i hope we definitely get back into because that scene in and of itself was fantastic they find out where sylvie is 
They go to her at in Broxton in 1982 at the Mickey D's and they start talking with her of like, hey, you got to come back to the TV and you got to help us stop docs uh, because like you you just know what what can be done. You know what's going to be done and we need your help. Well, back at the TVA, Dox's plan gets gets rolling when she is just she's obliterating whole whole timelines and um they stop her before she get all of them but practically she gets all of them the ones that have splintered and hunter b15 even says like that's billions of people that have just been murdered and the acting in that scene is incredible they are like they're reacting to lines disappearing on a screen it's just a very powerful scene um they also are cracking the uh cracking the tempad that x5 was using to jump through all these different you know places and it, it had like a an external device on it casey figures out that it's ravona renslayer's tempad so now they are going to use it uh, they're going to use it to start tracking down the remaining timelines that are branch the things that are left over from Dox's big you know explosive end to all these different timelines also we, we flash the mcdonald's at the end where sylvia is still there and she has the tempad that belonged to kang at the end of time so lots of lots of threads but so much to talk about uh Haley. Do you have a in your notes? Do you have a place where you want to start, and then we can? I just do, and the reason I took notes was so I wouldn't forget things that I really wanted to talk about because this episode, where the first one was just really setting us back into the world and kind of, hey, remember this is what we're doing here. This one just dug right into the meat of what the plot of this season's going to be, and I was surprised that they shoved so much into it. But the end is the thing that I wanted to start with because. Nathan and I were watching it and I was like you know B15 is so sad that these timelines have been bombed and all these people are lost but but you can't have it both ways you can't have Sylvie's free timelines and the sacred timeline so what is their end game in the TVA like what is it that they're truly trying to accomplish and why do they think that that's going to work like that's the question that I came away with after watching this episode I think that puts a lot of my thoughts into a more succinct question because after watching it, I was just like, I don't get where this is going. It's like we've done one thing and now we're trying to undo the one thing that we did do, which puts us back at point A. Yeah. So it's like it's like what you're saying. What's what's the end game? Which just makes me laugh a little bit because I know. It has <laughs> to be said. Yeah. Um, but I really I think because we watched them back to back. I almost was confused where it's like, I feel like we haven't outside of Loki's characters developed, but outside of that, I don't feel like we've gained any ground plot wise. It feels like we're kind of back at square one a little bit maybe. And so I'm just, again, I'm confused. Where, where are we headed? What's, what's the goal? Because even Sylvie says, you know, the TVA, has to end like this can't keep happening but then loki says to her like then what do we do 
you know? Yeah, that this is about everything. And I'm like, well, that's a big statement. Like, that's one of the quotes I wrote down because Loki seems to, and he seemed to understand it in the end of season one in their conversation with he who remains. He was like, well, he's, what if he's right? You know, what if this is the only way? And that's, and that is the crux of the show, right? Who, who is to say which way is right? And Tom Hiddleston, uh-huh. in the first episode of this season, he has that kind of manic little moment with Mobius when Mobius, when yeah. he stops time slipping for a little bit, he's like, well, what if she's right? She was so sure. How could she be so sure? I wasn't sure, but maybe, maybe she was right. But maybe he was, you know, he like goes through all these things. It's kind yeah. of like, yeah, that's what we need to know. But we don't know. Like existentialism oh. to the nth degree. Because, mm. yeah, it it kind of makes you question things a little bit of... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is right? It, so was you, Thanos right the whole time? I mean, Will Will and I talked. <laughs> I love that mug. Uh, Will and I talked a little bit about this on last week's review. Um, what happens when? What happens when your whole belief system comes crashing down? Uh, Moby, I believe it's Mobius, says this. You know, like, hey, all of their gods are dead. Yeah, and everything they've ever believed is a lie. Mm-hmm. so now and, and you see a few different reactions to that you see loki's reaction to that truth you see mobius's reaction to that truth you see dox's re- reaction to that truth um and in this episode we see the furthering of what happens when your belief system comes shattering you know and comes crumbling to the ground b15 one of my favorite characters always Mm -hmm. she's one of my favorite characters but in this episode specifically when all of those timelines start scattering Mm -hmm. she's like she's trying so badly to reform not not destroy she's trying to reform the tva to be something good and she her viewpoint of the tva is in direct contradiction to what sylvie's revelation has been that the tva should not exist b15 says we, it can exist, but it needs to be different. Sylvie says it can't exist. If it does, nothing's ever going to be different. Yeah. So yeah. B-15's utter dejection when the timelines get erased was so it was, powerful. It was heartbreaking. Because she believed. Yeah. She believed they could change this. Yeah, Do, she believes in both. Yeah. But both cannot exist at the same time. Yeah, and, and Haley's right. Like the paradox of yep. this, it's like you. Then you have you have uh, Ouroboros in in the in the the bowels of the, of the TV, <laughs> who's like, I. There's so much energy coming into the time loom. It, it's not sustainable. So, was the way they was the way that the TVA in season one going about it pruning whole timelines? Was it terrible? Yes. Was it necessary to maintain the way that Kang had set up the TVA? Also, yes. He he set up, in my opinion, he set up a circular, a circular system yeah. that had to work the way it worked and there was no other option. Right. No, I'm just processing. I'm processing yeah. this like, well, but Kang's the one that set it up. So if is it is the TVA the problem? No, Kang's the problem of 
if he's the creator of the system, then that's who the problem is. And so what do you do then? But I'm now having... that he's, quote, gone, and right. the yeah. TVA is persisting, yeah, it's like, well, now is it the system that he put in place that's the problem? Yeah. The show is asking all the amazing questions. <laughs> it's it's more than a comic show. <laughs> yeah. One thing is that I'm going to try an analogy here. You're going anal- for it. Kim does not like my analogies. No, I very no. rarely hit on these analogies, but I'm going to give this a shot. Like one in a million, babe. <laughs> it's, it's like saying it's like saying Kang, he who remains, built a bus. But at this point, the bus driver is gone and the bus is driving itself. The bus is careening down a hill and it's like, well, let's blame the bus driver. Um, He's gone and the bus is still on a crash course. So what do we do at this point, Kim? It's not flawless, but I see. Did it make sense though? A little bit, but you went from built a bus to driving the bus. Those don't have to be the same person. Anyway, it, it's not. It's not. It's not. Anyway, it's fine. So, so okay. flawed, but fine. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Let's just set this up, Kim. Yeah. Your impressions of of the interrogation of X Five. I thought Brad was a standout character in this episode. I want to know what okay. you thought of the interrogation. He had some uh, manipulative things going on there for a while. And I was uh, kind of surprised because in the first episode, his character is a sleazebag, sure. But not like, he's more muscle than brains, I feel like. Yeah, in the first one. And Docs, who we call Lady Lady Aaron in this house, she's creepy in Game of Thrones. and. Kim, famously, I have not seen Game of Thrones. I watched through part of episode five. I gave it the old college try. <laughs> I gave it the old, the old community college. You know what? <laughs> I had to start Game of Thrones three times before I finally like was in and bought in. But I have been told just watch House of Dragon. Like she, she in that show, just brief thing, and this is it pertains to Loki. But she breastfeeds like a twelve-year-old boy, mm. and it freaks me out and so yeah. it's the first episode where she's like all head to head with x5 i'm like come yeah, on that part was weird i was like what are you doing why well, is that there's this gap of time too with him and docs and clearly something occurred that yep. he was like i don't want to be part of this anymore right. he just wanted to be brad wolf in 1970s london well, like, because at the end of the first one, when they're all going time door and he's walking towards the camera, right? Mm-hmm. He's like looking at all of them and he has this face of, like, I don't know if I agree with this, mm-hmm. but he still goes with the plan, at least up until a certain point. So he does. But yeah. then, like, in the second interrogation scene, when they bring in that funny machine and. Uh-huh loki's squishing him into the tiny box yes and he keeps insisting none of this is real none of this is real and loki says well if none of this is real i guess you aren't either yeah so he's he's like embodying that crisis of faith we were talking about where he everything he knew has been questioned and he's like f it i just want my time on the sacred timeline right 
I, you know, I kind of sympathize with Brad's character a, a lot of um, having gone through a similar crisis of faith recently and then kind of not really knowing what to do afterwards. And so I feel like Brad had found his, his little place, right? Mm -hmm. And he was happy and content and was like, you know, this, I'm good here. And he's got peace where he's at. Um, but then it all gets shaken up. But what I was going to say, so he's manipulative in the interrogation. And um, it was very interesting seeing how he riled not just Loki, but then also Mobius. Mobius is very even keel always. Mm-hmm. So it's very, you know, we're always Loki. That's literally like his whole thing in not even in comics just in real life even when you think you know him right you don't you don't you don't and so he's just this wild card and like i could see it going either way if he gets mad explodes tries to kill him i could see him you know like just being like yeah whatever dude i know who i am brush it off but mobius losing it and then loki being this empathetic caring friend it was like okay this is kind of weird yeah he's kind of freaking me out right now (laughs) but that's just not loki you know that's just at least not the loki that we've known and so to see him actually worry about someone that's not himself Mm -hmm. was kind of nice i think it's a sign of that it was a big point of mobius's in the first season was like you don't care about anybody else you only care about yourself and especially when he puts him in that time loop with Sif where she knees him oh, yeah. a hundred million times which surely he's damaged down there now I think about that every time I watch that episode um I don't know how things work down there in general but you know that can't be good for you um <laughs> he's in there a long time that's all I'm saying <laughs> but that's like his whole growth in right. and and there's this like thought of well he grows to care about Loki or Sylvie but Sylvie's still a version of him and it's like well yeah but you know he still showed he can care about other people and other things this I mean even the whole concept of this season of him caring about the other timelines that aren't the Mm -hmm. sacred timeline showing he's not even caring about people he knows but about people he doesn't know and that's crazy to me and that was Brad's big jerk move in that right. first interrogation scene where he, you know, Loki's like, those are lives at stake. He's like, oh, really, Loki? That's rich yeah. coming from you. And it's like, hey, he's trying, Brad. <laughs> well, Brad, we don't bring up past trauma here. <laughs> yeah. That's not- People can change, Brad. <laughs> don't be a Brad, okay? That's a- that well, that that's one of the thing that like our our conversation about episode one and some some conversations that I've had since then about this episode is that a lot of times if our heroes have conquered something or they've faced an obstacle or they've survived a struggle we want them to be done with it and that's just not how we, that's not how experience works. You know, obviously Loki's not a human, but he's still experiencing all these things. He's humanoid. His human, his humanoid experience. Um, this form of him is mm-hmm. alligator that, Loki. We don't know about him. Yeah, no, or her. Maybe, or her. maybe, maybe Faz. Faz, Faz can give us more information about that. Yeah, um, no, we're mad at Faz. We are mad at Faz. Why? 
All right. He manifests as meeting cool people. He keeps paying to meet cool people. He's still meeting them. I don't care if they're, he's paying to do it or not. They're, they're photo ops. He's not meeting them on the bus station. Okay, like, <laughs> to go to they Disney. don't take buses, right? What's with the bus? What's going on here? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think I have uh, either a fear or an unhealthy love of buses. Um, <laughs> Or orcas and owls, everybody. Uh, that is that was the theme of our group chat the other day. So fear Ryan is terrified of owls. I do not. Oh, like- we heard it is the funniest <laughs> and and ever. mocked him. <laughs> literally, but literally- how insane is it that a that a grown woman from Kansas is afraid of orcas? I'm terrified of sharks. I live it's in a very real fear. Watch Blackfish; they're scary as shit. They are, and they're they're very manipulative. Mm-hmm. Uh, no literally speaking of loki's never trust an orca i've been tricked before no they (laughs) they do this thing with seals to get seals off of ice Mm -hmm. flows to kill them where they they create a a pot of them creates this giant wave so it washes the seal off the ice flow into the water so they can eat it more easily you know you know what human hunters would call that evening the playing field how no Find food elsewhere. We should eat try. fish. <laughs> they are so, the apex predators. Sorry. Anyway, they are. So let's talk about Sylvie in this episode because it's the first time that we've gotten extensive Sylvie-ness so far. Sulky Sylvie, as I called her in my notes. What did you say? Sulky Sylvie. Sulky. Sulky. <laughs> she said bulky. I was like, I feel oh, like Sophia DiMartino no. was. She's Quite thinner. Fit, it's but... because she was pregnant season one. She's not pregnant anymore. Oh, right. She was. Yeah. Her face. I thought she just out. had a baby. Uh, I thought she, I mean, she was pop- breastfeeding because they manipulated her costume. So it was easier for her to pop. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. Hold on. Didn't know that. Yeah. Fun no. facts with Kim but... and Haley. <laughs> See, this is why you have women on your show. I, 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 I legitimately want to know more about this. What? So the during season. production. Of this season? Season one. Okay. Season one. She was either pregnant or had just been pregnant. Okay. And delivered a baby. Yeah. So it then was, in, yeah. in season one, they altered her suit? Or in mm-hmm. season yeah. two? Season oh, one. Okay. But that's what you can tell in her face season two. She's a lot thinner face-wise. Yeah. Because she's I, had the life sucked out of her. Yeah. <laughs> they do that. They, they do. <laughs> I, I had this thought. I'm going to go we gray at 30. I mean. <laughs> oh, my. Um, I had this thought when we were watching. I was like, she looks sick. Like No, was... it's probably what she looks like when she's not pregnant, you know? Man, like I, When they were I showing. I also wasn't sure, like, which of her hairstyles in this season. Because the first, we see her with her short hair in the first episode, which yeah, I thought looked like a wig. It did look like a wig, and it was darker than it was. Yeah, and so I don't know if she, the mullet is also a wig, or if Sophie DiMartino's hair is just like that right now, or when they were filming. Hmm. These are the I, questions. I, I think asked. she looks good with the mullet, but. I don't love I it, never, but she's cute, so whatever. I could never pull that off, but I feel like it fits the 1982 vibe. Oh, yeah. Especially in Broxton, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the, this whole thing of mcdonald's her working at mcdonald's is that do you guys find that like just like oh product integration oh that's stupid or is it like no it's kind of funny that she works at a mcdonald's and that's like what she wants to do now i think both things i wonder how much mcdonald's had to pay to have that be 
part of the show because it's also part of their current commercial yeah, run. It's mm-hmm. like market. it's a huge deal. So it's like how much was that deal to like the money deal mm-hmm. to be able to advertise in that big of a way. But also it is kind of funny that I would say as a general populist view that we kind of look down on working at McDonald's, mm-hmm. but that's like sure. her happy place. She just wants a life. Yep. She just wants a piece. Or she's she just not wants running from people yeah. and being blamed for things. And so, I yeah. mean, I work in a job where sometimes I'm doing very monotonous tasks and sometimes I'm not. And sometimes I really relish just having something very simple to do to, you know, not to turn my brain off and just not worry about anything. So, yeah. I mean, although I'm sure working at McDonald's is not monotonous because people. Oh, definitely people. because people <laughs> I, I do i do appreciate having a job as well where um there I, are i appreciate you having a job too <laughs> it helps right i appreciate having a job where like i am not constantly under the magnifying glass of someone you know over my shoulder like oh no you, you spent too long doing that oh you spent too long doing that um, no, you can't listen to that while you work. And I yeah. like the autonomy of it. And there's weird moments where kind of like Sylvie in this episode, I just want to like go to work and not have to think too much. Kind of like what Haley was saying, just, yep. I want to just exist for a day. And then when I'm done working, I get to go do the things that I'm actually passionate about the things that I'm actually pursuing or that relax me, things like that. Like, except for you moonlight as a podcaster but sylvie's moonlighting as a mcdonald's worker yeah it does so, beg the question what is she doing when she's not working right it's not yeah, like what she's, is she doing in in, in Brock's maybe she's just oklahoma. driving around oklahoma in her nice green truck like she was stargazing at the end of the episode so she true. could just do a lot of that so the end of the episode sylvie using king's Timpad, which thankfully Ryan and Faz told me that's what it was because I was like, "What was that thing she was holding?" Because yeah. um, I couldn't Same tell. Here. I was like, "We were watching on our iPad because we were in a hotel," and I was like, "I can't see." <laughs> <laughs> I think she's using it to keep her timeline safe, Ooh. and thereby being a hypocrite. Intrigue. And I wonder if her timeline didn't get bombed because Brad was nervy as hell to get out of there. And if she went and restored it, and that's why she was like, hey, Jack, is your mom going to come get you? Like, kind of like, is she okay? Is she coming? Mm. That's my it big swing. With the fast Because I viewed that line differently. When she asked Jack if his mom was coming, I viewed it as, like, she's built this life on in Oklahoma, and she's branched out similar to our loki of like she can care for other people and And she has a thing for jack's mom i mean loki is gender fluid so very possible maybe she's got a rock and mullet too i don't know (laughs) it it was the 80s i like that's how i first took the line and then as we were driving six and a half hours home the next day i was like but what if and nathan was like that's what i thought too and i was like hmm Mm. what i'm hearing you'll have to bring me and Haley back on for the finale thing so we can see who's right it sounds like i need to bring nathan we can get nathan in on this and we can try he thinks he would be bad at podcasting and i told him no 
he would not well i also thought that but i don't podcast very often so <laughs> so he's right all this product integration and this crossover stuff did give me an idea that if across the bifrost can ever get product placement we should do it with wendy's and that way we can have across the bifrosties <gasps> that's I love wendy's <laughs> oh my gosh i love frosties and fries together specifically across the bifrosties that's wendy's if like you're listening product integration you just do that just like go to wendy's and then post about it yeah you just gotta at them they have a great social media presence oh oh <laughs> Wendy, yes, wendy's social media is <laughs> fantastic it's like they're saucy they, they are they are and i love that they like they intended. anime yeah. <laughs> on their stuff it's i've not seen that oh yeah they, they just clap back really well yeah I don't know. Arby's. Arby's does. They do like. They are different stuff. restaurants, honey. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've. <laughs> That's come, the Jamoka shape. I think we've come to the point in the podcast where um, Ryan needs to be quiet again. And <laughs> yeah, you um, should just leave, like when you went to yeah. the bathroom. <laughs> Great. Now the illusion is broken. People know I go to the bathroom occasionally. I thought uh, you were going to come back. I was like, well, bye. <laughs> Okay. that's it he I'm literally just... stood there for like 30 seconds and i'm staring at him going are you coming back or not he's like <laughs> it was just fun to listen uh you're gonna do, do that tomorrow let's anyway. do final thoughts no. um we're done already it, well i mean f- final thoughts on this show could take a while uh so kim what was like one of your big takeaways from this episode and maybe like what are you excited to see on the next episode oh, for the season. Um, some big takeaways. Well, I like seeing how Loki has developed. I like kind of this push and pull that him and Mobius are playing of they've almost switched sides of like Loki was happy where he was at, and Mobius was the one that was trying to change things, and now it's opposite where Mobius is like, No, I'm happy where I'm at. I don't want to go see if I have a better life over there and then have to sit with it so that's very intriguing to me and very it's like they they just flip-flopped it so that's that's cool but also um I'm just I kind of felt like we had a little bit of an infinity war moment with all the timelines disappearing and losing billions of people yeah but it's I just you know last time they reversed it it's like we're gonna bring all those people back oh i don't there's not really a reversal button reverse reverse there's not one that we know of right we we do know that when things get pruned they get converted into this raw time energy right so but now the energy is too much it's too much yeah Yeah. so anyway i'm just kind of curious most of the time especially with shows like this i don't have expectations i just am along for the ride I have opinions. Oh, what a free no, no, no. freedom. I'm not is. saying once something's happened, I don't have opinions about it, but I don't like going, oh, I wish they would do this. The last time I did that with a Marvel show, I was so disappointed. Which Marvel show was that? WandaVision. I had such. Oh, yeah. I love. Here's the thing. I love WandaVision and there's nothing. No, no, no. Listen, there's nothing wrong with what they did, but we were so invested with what we thought they were going to do mephisto confirmed yes like literally every single week mephisto mephisto Mephisto. and then it didn't happen (laughs) and it kind of was like oh that was kind of anticlimactic but if we wouldn't have done that 
then that would have happened. <laughs> so I tried to just physically <laughs> so upset. If I just if I just sit back and enjoy, you know what? I trust Kevin Feige, and I trust Tom Hiddleston. So I love how you're really though. It's it's Owen Wilson that matters. So. I love how oh, you're he's like, exemplary in this show. <laughs> the last time I had expectations, the show. No, that the. the it was though the thing that i forgot to mention this i made a comment about mobius's name but it's very um sus to me mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's funny that guys. you bring that up because i told ryan earlier today i was going to read the matt fraction hawkeye run and i'm almost done with it um but there's a character in it called harold h harold it's the same thing sketchy well, it's it's not so much about his name being Mobius. Mobius. It's more about they did in Endgame. It was the Mobius strip that they were using in order to go back in time to save everybody. Mm-hmm. So it feels yeah. kind of like a because here's the thing: Marvel, especially MCU Marvel, Kevin Feige is a wizard, and he doesn't he doesn't let things just go right. It's like if we're, if it's in there, it's in there for a reason. So it just is kind of weird to me that they'd have two things pretty prominently named the same thing. That's all. That's my last I will say, um, so I'm reading MCU, The Reign of Marvel Studios, which is that it's not really a tell-all, but it's a book that just came out that's kind of about that first 10 years. And Faz and I were talking about it. Um, Apparently in phase four, Feige tried to kind of step back and Mm -hmm. like... Um, try to let some of the other higher ups take control of the projects which wow. is potentially well because he probably thought it's been 10 years surely these people can do this um, but he he's just such a distinctive uh, creative and intelligent personality that I think it's you know I think he's a George Lucas I think he's just there's one of him he'll maybe he'll find a Dave Filoni but I don't know that he's got done that yet. And so now he's kind of stepped back in to yeah. maybe write the ship um, a little bit. So, yeah, I haven't gotten that far in the book, um, but it's interesting. We had a conversation about that with Bob Iger at Disney, which we know he's also in some hot water. Haley, but... up. No, this it was. You know, about... This is one of Haley's things she raises against. Oh, well, he stepped down as CEO or whatever it was, however many years ago. And then it was like, let's overproduce shows, movies, and just like bombard people with it. And then he stepped back in because he was like, whoa, ho, ho. Who was the guy? Let's, that was let's slow it between? down again. What's that? Hey, who was the guy that was in the in-between? I know you, you've mentioned him on Multiverse News a few oh. times. You can't ask me that because I can't remember. Uh, it doesn't matter. I just she's googling. Okay, Bob Chapek. Bob Chapek. Okay, yeah, yeah, a different Bob. I was like, it's somebody <laughs> similar, Bob. but not the same. <laughs> but that's what it reminds me of. Is yeah, like, it's very similar. Yeah, I trust you to do this, and then suddenly, nope, don't trust you anymore. And I, you know, Bob Iger said some terrible things about writers and actors and everybody, but uh. I will say that I I, I do, felt they landed well coming from no. a billionaire. <laughs> I was gonna say though is I do agree with, with we talked about Ryan and I talk about this all the time. We feel like we are burned out 
especially on Disney shows, that we can't consume all of them all the time. Do you want to watch Goosebumps after this? No. <laughs> um, even yeah, Ahsoka. He was not wrong about that. Yeah. That they had too it's much going much. on. There's no anticipation. There's no time. I've not rewatched anything anything since probably endgame but like i said when ryan i think it was when you were on our episode for the loki primer disney plus debuted right before covid and i think they saw this as an opportunity to push all kinds of content to streaming and i think it just failed Mm. and i'm not not saying even that the 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 content being streamable is bad i think it's the amount that it's yeah the rate it's coming out is the problem yeah and like give us one show a year. That'll Two, no, but, but like we might be beyond the pale on that. No, one. but remember, like there was Decrease before humans. before of all of the Star Wars universe being what it is, we got one season of Mandalorian a year. And it was like amazing. And then it was like, okay, now we're gonna start, we'll add in Kenobi came out, and that was only six episodes. And I still we're not gonna talk about Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> That came afterwards, and I know, but Kenobi, just let me be right. Kenobi, I still think, is the best thing Star Wars has ever done. And I... You understand nerds on the internet will hear this, You know what? That's fine, and I don't care. You're allowed to have your opinions. I am. I still think it's... I don't agree with you. (laughs) You think it's the best thing they've done. I'm Uh, curious. I think Ahsoka is the best thing they've done, because I think it's it was phenomenal. For me, as a Rebels and Ahsoka fan, it was the best mm. thing that could have happened to Star Wars. I, um, I refuse to acknowledge anything after Return of the Jedi. So. <laughs> That's so not true. No, I we've covered it. we've covered all the levels of fandom. <laughs> so, Haley, what were some of your big take? What was your like big takeaway from Episode Two, and maybe something you're looking forward to for to unfold in the season? Sylvia's probably the thing that is just sitting with me the most because I'm I'm stuck on this theory about her now and she created this free timeline mess if you want to call it a mess that they're in um but she's trying not to take any responsibility now well Mm. I you're free you're welcome she says to Loki and then she says you know when he tells her what he's seen she says well that sounds like the future's already been written and that can't happen because I made sure that it couldn't and I think she's kind of in denial and so I'm really interested to see what they do with her character because I think she has a comeuppance coming and like how are we getting from this sulky Sylvie from McDonald's in 1982 to the Sylvie that was opening the elevator in the TVA in the future yeah yeah where we see loki right before it gets pruned and so i she was not my favorite part of the first season at all um because i didn't agree with what she did i didn't agree with her killing he who remains because kind of to your point ryan i was like no the timeline i know that timeline like don't don't do this to me um but i mean it's opened up all this stuff and so yeah her arc is going to be very interesting i agree i i think it's both of what Kim was talking about with Mobius and what you've referenced with Sylvie speaks to my favorite thing about this season so far is watching, watching a cast of characters collectively go through a crisis of faith and how they individually handle it. 
mm-hmm. or choose to not handle it. That's still handling it though. Like, right. You know, whether they, you know, we mentioned this in the first episode, whether they double down on it, whether they reject it, whether they try to go a different path, like B15, yeah. whether they go the reformation uh, path, maybe, and maybe that just speaks to me personally, like Kim mentioned, you know, like having in the last few years gone through a personal crisis of faith, maybe that's why it resonates with me so much, probably. Yeah. But also, I think it's great to see characters encounter a different kind of obstacle that they can't just punch their way out of, mm-hmm. that they can't just, you know, oh, we're going to get the drop on the bad guy and we're going to take out the big, you know, MacGuffin. But this is an existential well, it's like, who is the bad guy? We don't even know. You can't right. pinpoint a specific. It depends on who you ask. Yeah. We have encountered what I'm just calling like a, it's an existential weapon of mass destruction where everybody is hit by it. Everybody in the TVA, it's unavoidable. You know, the thing that you've built your existence on or what you thought you built your existence on because we learned that they're variants and they've had their minds wiped, you know, that that it's an inescapable thought it's an inescapable dread of what do i do now it almost feels matrixy to me yeah it's yeah. like they've been living in the matrix but now that they know they're in the matrix it's like it shifts how they it forces you you have do everything you have to reconcile with it it's in it that's why i just like it's yeah. inescapable no, everyone in this show is going to get hit by it. And the people that we see off screen are getting hit by it. And I think that's one of those things where so many Marvel movies and Marvel shows, it felt like, okay, you know, affect some people and we're going to, uh, you know, thwart the bad guy's plan, you know, see secret invasion, see, you know, a bunch of other shows and movies. But this one is like, and yeah, I'm 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 a I'm a Thor Loki fanboy. That's probably why I care so much about the themes of it. But this theme hits so personally. So I think that's why this show is going to be something where I'm watching every character going forward because every character has to deal with it. Yeah. So and they're going to deal with it differently. And we haven't seen Victor Timely yet. Yes. <laughs> so that's my one thing. It's like we haven't seen, you know, we haven't seen Jonathan Majors pop back up yet as any of the variants. Yeah. Um, of the when he told sylvie at the end of season one all of them are coming right so it's like but when we haven't seen one of them yet i mean we saw quantum mania but you know victor timely was the one that we were supposed to see mm-hmm. and um yeah i always end- question um not how are these super interconnected anymore but i question now i'm like where is it in the timeline of this because yeah. that tells me more now than it used to you know in the infinity saga and i can't remember loki season one is supposed to have taken place we don't do we i I guess i could look on disney plus i don't know i can't remember yeah but because this is right after it so is this like is this butting up against quantum mania it would have to right because this king king's gonna get out so that that to me is a super interesting rather than the interconnectedness um like movie and character wise it's like where in the timeline are we yeah it's yeah and i think i think that's what's great about the show is that so many of the large scale themes are interesting and so many of the small scale themes are interesting yeah and oftentimes they are working symbiotically to create a story that 
we care about the big stuff, but we also care about the small stuff. You know, that this episode think, in particular was like workplace comedy meets existential like nihilism discussions. <laughs> and I loved yeah. over green pie. I loved it. That was so great. The pie is so good. Did you find us an answer? Um it's kind of um wibbly, vague. Wibbly, timey, yeah, timey. yeah, wibbly wobbly. It, they say it takes place after Endgame. It takes place well it takes place after the first avengers but then really after endgame because right in endgame, they go back things change yeah. but then it exists outside of time right so it's like that was not helpful yeah so and maybe maybe that, that's maybe that's the reason you know when we get closer to secret wars or we get closer to you know the those other avengers movies maybe that's when we find out when this movie this show is actually taking place right yeah. because maybe but lots but of I like that anticipation. Right, right. Lots of speculation even beyond season two of Loki. Um, Kim, now that we've gotten yes, to the dear. end of our review. <laughs> now that we've gotten to the end of our review for uh episode two, Breaking Brad. Um which I thought was very funny. Oh yeah. So clever. Fantastic. Yes. And uh the composer uh for the show, Natalie Holt. If you're not following her on social media, please do. She's absolutely delightful. She posted a video of them playing one of the themes from this episode in a live orchestra setting. It oh, was fantastic. Yeah. One of my favorite ways to yeah. watch. So go follow Natalie Holt on Instagram or whatever social media she's on she's a delight um so this is kind of the second week we're letting people know about many paths it's true did you want to maybe give people the the what the why and the when from your point of view sure i did last week yeah it's it's funny that you mentioned it at the beginning of the episode because you forgot to re-mention it before we started recording oh so i kind of felt like oh that's right that's happening and i didn't prepare um (laughs) It just was like, oh, right. I have to be thinking about that. Um, So many paths. Uh, When I was kind of, we we did a little bit of like a five minute exercise a couple weeks ago. And we're like, what does many paths. Clearly not a physical exercise. Let's be honest. Um, They can't see us. They don't. We could be supermodels. Nobody knows. We could be. (laughs) How would they know? Um. But we did a five minute exercise of like, what does many paths mean to us personally? And what does the name mean? Because the name is kind of where, where it all is. So um, I just, I remember writing in that, that it feels like our relationship just summed up is that we have all these love, loves of stories, all of them, all the stories. Um, But it feels like I, we keep saying like many paths, but same destination. And so um, we love all these stories, but we always come back together, whether it's like Star Wars, obviously Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings is actually the biggest one that we like together. <laughs> um, but that that's kind of, we can see it in little pieces of our relationship. We started the first thing we did together, not dating, just as friends, was we played Lord of the Rings Risk. And that That's was- That's when you know you got a good one. Yeah. And, I, and, and it was intense. the trilogy edition. So it was like a big, it was a big deal. And I had never met somebody that not only like would play with me, but was excited and was like equally as shocked that a girl would ask him to play. Um, but I mean, since that very beginning moment, 
we just when as we fell in love this is like really cheesy but as we fell in love we're bringing in all these loves of stories and so for a long long time we've been talking about how to both um go after our creative endeavors separately but how do we like cross it over and how do we come together we do everything together you know I mean yes he podcasts by himself for the most part but um at at one point in time it was like okay how can I be a part of this and that's why we started Muggles Magic and Mischief was to kind of bridge the gap between my love and his love his love of podcasting my love of Harry Potter um and so it's just kind of been a natural thing for us to come together creatively But then it became more of a practicality of Ryan has a lot of ideas, Um, a lot of them. And so we were like, okay, well, how can we simplify a little bit? Um, So that's kind of the what. Sorry, it was really long winded. But I think that's a little bit of the why as well. Yeah. And the why, the the why some of it's practical um, of having a network um, we've been talking about having a podcast network pretty much since you started podcasting. Everyone has thought about it too. <laughs> but um, and, it, and for years, I mean, it's not years, but year plus, we would joke about what our podcast network name would be. And we'd kind of throw out suggestions for a while. We were really stuck on the lukewarm idea and so we joke like this has been a lukewarm podcast because it was really funny to us but it never caught on in a way that we were like that's the one and so then um yeah when I found that stanza from the road goes ever on by Tolkien and I'm a really bad Tolkien scholar so whoever's listening to this if you're way better at Tolkien than me you'd know which one it is in I just know it's Bilbo's walking song and I could look it up and I could tell you oh it's in fellowship or it's in the hobbit but it's probably in both um but that line just really hit me the end it talks about well it talks about pursuing the road with eager feet which I feel like we've always talked about there's adventure out there and that we were going to chase it it's one of our family values we say yes to adventures yep Um, and so that, that not just, I go with it and I go with the flow, but like I'm pursuing it. And then also the very last line is where many paths and errands meet. And it just feels like it's, it's that destination. It's like everything meets at this one spot. And that's just in short words, that's how I just feel about our relationship. It's like where everything meets, all the loves come together. And so, um, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) um anyway so um it it's very I'm very excited about it but um the when is November 1st that's when everything's fingers crossed kicking over because I am working on the website that's the the day we're working towards yes that's the day we're working towards um me being gone like 20 days out of the last 25 it's killing me a little bit and it's hard to get a website put together but I'm working on it. And um, in addition to the podcast network, we're doing um, finally merchandise for shows. That's been something I've been wanting to do for a really long time, but we're finally yeah. doing that. And then uh, I'm going to have a little side shop of book related 
next. I'm very excited about this. Maybe maybe you have another co-collaborator that yes, comes up with ideas. You can help me come up with ideas because I'm yes. trying to be vague. Um we and that's I mean it's on purpose. Like in order to do licensed merchandise, you have to get permission from authors and the name Many Paths is inspired by Tolkien. Well, in order to get licensed to be able to put like the full quote on something, it is a pain in the arse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, there, there will be a merchandise component. There is a merchandise yeah. component. Sorry. Yeah. Um, just cut me off. Tell no, me this stuff. No, no. <laughs> it, I, so listeners, that is not just, you know, I gave a little bit of my version of that last week. Kim is here to share her side of that. But next week, we're going to be not just talking about what Many Paths is, why we've decided to do this, and when we're going to do it. We're going to give you a little bit more of the how things are going to change. And um, Oh, yeah. We have to do that, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a joke. Okay. Well, it's like, I thought we were on the same page here. We are. Um, so it's how things are going to change and where you're going to be able to see those changes. So we're going to And be, how it impacts you. Right, and how it yeah. impacts you the listener, but yeah. also uh find Patreon sub- subscribers and supporters like Haley Hobbs. <gasps> so um yeah, so those are just kind of the things we're going to be we're going to be releasing and then in a few weeks we also have some across the Bifrost news specifically for this show mm. um that I'm sure people are going to you know, just flock to and be completely enraptured with it's gonna I'm be sure they will ryan yes they will be yes. positive ryan i'm positive they will be enraptured <laughs> my goal is for them all to be enraptured quit using the word enraptured <laughs> triple is gonna listen to this be like what what the rapture what <laughs> I was gonna say, so, but, next week, uh, but next week not only will him be returning hopefully oh, that's to give right. us more information we are going to be doing a live podcast recording with will rose at theology beer camp but like live 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 in I mean, person live and in person it's a Saturday night in person. and uh we're gonna be doing episode three of loki with will probably from our airbnb living room or something so like that this. means there's gonna be 12 other guys there <laughs> i'm the only girl Haley. please come save me i you can come stay with me sure. where i'm just four okay. hours away <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun we have a lot of fun episodes for the rest of loki planned for you um but yeah Haley, do you want to tell listeners where if they don't know where to find you already where can they find you on the internet what projects have you got going on you can find me at source pages where we read comics and novels as primers for all these geeky tv shows and movies we're on all the socials and i also have kind of taken upon myself to um cover in a review on Instagram, on a post, um, a review of source material that doesn't really fit into our normal genres. Um, Lessons in Chemistry, for example, oh. is one that I've posted. Um, and then Killers of the Flower Moon is one that I'll be posting on Instagram this next week, just to kind of start to broaden our range a little bit, but not put more on our plates on the actual podcast, because we have plenty going on as it is. But those are, there's books that are becoming movies and shows that I'm passionate about and so I I kind of have done that um and then I'm also on multiverse news which is a weekly entertainment news show we stream live on twitch on Tuesdays at 7 30 central and then it's available in the feeds on Wednesdays everybody go check out source pages if you haven't already we've been 
you know, heralding source pages since Haley's first appearance on the show. Um, How long ago. What? <laughs> And we started our shows very, very uh, in the same month, I believe. Yeah. So um, Haley was one of my first internet friends. (laughs) Yeah. So she was our first internet friend that we got to meet in person. She beat Will by a few days. (laughs) (laughs) Chill, Will. And uh, (laughs) we we have now gone to calling him the Will who remains. Oh yeah. Bilbo Baggins is still my favorite. His name is pretty adaptable. Uh, lots, lots of good stuff. We can't wait to hang out with Will next week. Can't wait to hang out with you, listeners. Next time you check out Across the Bifrost, you can check us out on social media at Mighty Thor Podcast. Mostly on Instagram, pretty much exclusively on Instagram. On Instagram. Uh, I, uh, it's the only nonsense I have chosen to deal with. That's so, totally um, fair. Yeah, so we're on Instagram. You check us out. Uh, we post stuff from our, our 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 episodes. We share different things that we're liking in the world of Thor. So be sure to go check that out. And yeah, until we see you next time aboard the Rainbow Bridge, we encourage you to, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you're with, remember to stay worthy. Bum, 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 bum. Yay. That sounds beautiful.